Welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast, where your host, Isabel Ross, interviews experts and athletes in the field of endurance sports. Isabel Ross is a three-time Australian long-distance mountain running representative at the World Championships with a best finishing place of 10th female. Twice Australian trail champion, she has won the six-foot track marathon, run a sub-three-hour marathon, and won a 24-hour track race overall with a distance of 198.7 kilometers, as well as competing in and winning grueling ultramarathons in rugged, mountainous terrain. Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons. Isabel is an Australian and USA-accredited endurance coach working with athletes of all levels and is a certified UESCA ultra running coach. She's also a personal trainer and podcast host. Are injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Get on top of these and see the specialists at Health and High Performance. Utilising the latest in technology and with a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can assist you with all your running, injury and performance needs. So get back to enjoying your running and achieving the results you are capable of. Head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Montalbert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. Contact them on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia are the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code PEAKENDURANCE in all capitals to get 10% off at checkout. Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Episode 115 is an interview with Dean Karnazes. Dean is a two-time New York Times best-selling author and an icon in the running world. Time magazine named Karnazes one of the 100 most influential people in the world. An internationally acclaimed endurance athlete, he is the winner of an ESPN ESPY, a three-time winner of Competitor Magazine's Endurance Sports Athlete of the Year Award, and the recipient of the President's Council on Sports, Fitness and Nutrition Lifetime Achievement Award. That's a long title. Dean has just put out his latest book, A Runner's High, Older, Wiser, Slower, Stronger. The description of this book goes, In A Runner's High, Carnassus chronicles his return to the Western States 100-mile endurance run in his mid-50s after first completing the race decades ago. The Western States, infamous for its rugged terrain and extreme temperatures, becomes the most demanding competition of his life, a physical and emotional reckoning and a battle to stay true to one's purpose. Confronting his age, wearying body, career path and life choices, we see Carnassus as we have never before, raw and exposed. A runner's high is both an endorphin-fueled page-turner and a love letter to the sport from one of its most celebrated ambassadors. I have just read this book and I have to agree completely with this description and I just loved it. It is a great read and to be honest, I find it hard to put down, which is tricky because I tend to read at night when I, before I go to bed and, you know, it's hard to keep reading late into the night when you know you're getting up early for a run, but I managed. Anyway, I hope you enjoy our chat about his book and Dean's running life in general. 
And if you do enjoy this episode, I would love it if you could do me a favor and go on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen to uh, listen on to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps grow the audience and the show and I truly do appreciate it. Peak Endurance Coaching will help you achieve your running goals through providing customised plans that reflect your commitments in life and your athletic history. You'll become fitter, faster and stronger whilst becoming part of the Peak Endurance Coaching community. Don't waste a minute of your running journey. Email me, Isabel, at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to get a program designed just for you started. Enjoy this chat with Dean. day here and I'm back with some more thoughts. I was just having a think uh, as I'm getting ready for my 12 hour race tomorrow about what would make me be happy with my performance or what would make me feel fulfilled at the end of the race, you know, distance wise or pace wise or whatever. And it's, it's made me think about how I base how well I do at events. And I, I realised I don't actually really base them on um, times or paces. And I think this actually has been having a positive influence on my performances. In a a way, um, let me give you an example. So I I base my performances on my effort. And I'm happy if I put in my best effort. Which is much easier to, to do than trying to keep a specific pace or try and get a certain distance and it's more sustainable right? and because you know your bodies might not perform on the day and you might not really down yourself after a race if you don't get a certain performance goal but if you have it effort based no matter what you're going to hit that you know it's and it actually has a positive effect on your performance during the day or at least for me anyway whereas you know, if you're hitting it, you're not hitting a pace you want to hit. You know, for these 12-hour ones, or you're behind in what your goal is. If you're going to start getting a negative mind, you know, mindset, which is going to bring you down, it's going to slow you down. It's going to make you not enjoy the race. Whereas if you're just going by effort and you know you're doing your best and you're on track to doing your best, you're it's going to have you more likely to keep in that positive mindset and actually enjoying the event more. And I think this is why I'm able to do you know, a lot more ultra marathons. Just, uh, you know, I've wondered recently about why, you know, I'm happy to keep doing these, keep pushing myself, and it's because I'm basing it on my effort. And knowing that I put in my best effort after each of these races that I do, it makes me feel good, and it influences each race. Then knowing that I'm putting in each one, it keeps me in that positive mindset during the race, and I. I'll suggest some runners give this a try instead of picking a you know a distance goal if it's a 24 hour race or 12 hour race or whatever it is or a pace goal just go in there and go I'm going to do my best and you put in the training that you usually would whatever that is but then just go into it you know effort based instead of performance based and just see what happens just a thought cheers
Hi, Dean, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me run by. Yeah, no worries. Now, for those listeners who don't know you, though, I can't imagine that there's, there's any, can you just tell the listeners a bit about yourself, your athlete background, and how you got into ultra running? Yeah, well, I uh, got into ultra running by walking out of a, a pub, a nightclub, on the night of my 30th birthday, um, when I decided instead of having more uh, tequila to celebrate, I was going to run 30 miles, which is about uh, 50 kilometers. And uh, didn't own run, running gear at the time, but I had on you know silk boxer shorts, like silk underwear. So I took off my pants and just started stumbling down the road. I knew there was a city <laughs> called Half Moon Bay that was 30 miles away. And I set my sights on Half Moon Bay. Somehow I lived, I'm not sure how, <laughs> But I, uh, I ran all night. It was about seven hours. And wow. I somehow made it and decided at that point I was going to become a runner. So, so were you sober by the end of that? I, I was sober about uh, halfway through it. And I thought, <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I was out in the middle of nowhere. So I, I couldn't turn back. And so I yeah. just kept going. Yeah, fair enough. Now, you've done some amazing races over the years. Can you tell us? Which one was your favorite and why? And also maybe your least favorite and why? Yeah, I mean, I've run on all seven continents uh, twice now. And so I've, you know, raced and competed across the globe. And, you know, some of my favorite races are, uh, you know, Patagonia is amazing. Uh, the Canadian Rockies, mm. um, the Dolomites in, in Northern Italy. Uh, Greece is incredible. And Australia. I've done some running across Australia. One time I ran uh, to the top of um, Mount Kosciuszko uh, to oh, Sydney. Yeah. So it was called Summit to Sydney. And it was uh, 600 kilometers. And I ran um, I ran in six days uh, across Australia. Wow, I didn't even know about that one. <laughs> so there you that go. So what, yeah. and, and has there been any least favorites, like races that you, you'd rather forget? Well, there's a race called the Badwater Ultramarathon, which is mm. across 135 mile uh, nonstop foot race or 216 kilometers across Death Valley in the middle of summer where the temperatures can get up to 50 degrees. And that would say <laughs> that was pretty horrible. Although I've done it, 10, I've done it 10 times. So it's not that horrible, I guess, for me. <laughs> you must, uh, it must be like, uh, you, you kind of forget how horrible it is. No, um, <laughs> You've written a number of books, first of which was um, Ultra Marathon Man, which I loved and which got many people into ultra running. And you've just put out a book, A Runner's High, Older, Wiser, Stronger. Can you tell us a bit about the choice of title? Yeah, I mean, A Runner's High is my fifth book and uh, Ultra Marathon Man was my first book. And it's uh, coming, you know, Ultra Marathon Man is a coming of age book, talking about me learning about this crazy sport of ultra marathoning and, and kind of getting into it. And finding that um, you know there's conflicted pleasure in in pain and suffering and hardship, and you know 25 years later I'm still doing it, and I thought a runner's high would kind of tell the story of of you know what that path has been like, the highs, the lows, and everything in between, mm. as well as I wanted to be a good story, like I wanted to be very um, propulsive, you know I wanted the reader to you know enjoy it, to have some literary pleasure in reading the book. You know, this pandemic's been so horrible for so many people and like a good run, if you can get into a good book, you kind of forget about the world and the problems for, for a bit of time. And you, you know, when you come out of the, that state or you reemerge, you feel like you've kind of uh, been rejuvenated. 
Yeah, I would have to agree. I've been um, I've read it myself, and I have to say it was it was great, and I really got into it and didn't want to put it down, um, which is hard when you know you're reading at night and you know you've got to get up early for a run in the morning. So, um, yeah. you talk a bit about your experience with um, getting older. Um, so, how how have you had that experience as an athlete? It's, you know, I got to admit, it's been tough. You, you know, you watch your speed decrease and, you, yeah. you know, you end up having to work twice as hard, <laughs> you know, to run the same pace you used to be able to run easily. Uh, you know, you're, you're not ending up on the podium as consistently or ever. You know, you might be winning your age group, but that's a totally different thing than winning the race overall. Uh, you know, have I embraced it? Some of it I have. I mean, I, I'm looking at, uh, you know, the challenge of continuing to be my best into my you know, 60s, 70s, hopefully 80s. Uh, other other elements, you know, not being able to compete at a at a level I once was able to, it's you know it's a little uh, demoralizing, I guess, but it's part of the human experience. Yeah, that's right, and I mean it's a privilege denied to to some, I guess. So I I guess we should we should embrace it, though it is hard. I do agree. Um, and in the in this book, you talk about um, some of the racing that you do and and the close relationship you have with your parents. How has that evolved with, with your racing? You know, no runner is an island. And you know this as well. I mean, once mm -hmm. you get into running, it, it affects everyone in your life, your, your parents, you know, your family, your immediate family, your friends. And, you know, some people are not so keen on it, right? I've seen, we've both seen, you know, mm -hmm. someone get into running and it's, it's ruined relationships yeah. uh, or it's made relationships stronger. And with my parents, you know, they've been along on the, you know, with me the whole time. They've enjoyed the ride as much as I have, and they're so supportive. So I thought if I'm going to tell an honest story and an engaging story, it has to be true to, you know, real life circumstances. And, and the real life circumstances is that my parents are very involved in my life and, and I love it. Yeah, no, it's great. It, it, it's, it's lovely to read about. Now, you were also very, like you said, very honest and open in your book and also about your relationship with your wife and your kids worrying about the impact running has had on your family. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, I've, I've raced and competed on all seven continents of Earth, so that requires some travel. And I mean, there were, you know, there were times when I was gone for months when my kids are in school and, you know, there were miles, I missed some important milestones and not every important milestone, but some. And, you know, there's a saying that, um, you know, in school, you, you, you get the lesson and you take the test. Uh, in parenting, you take the test and then you get the lesson. Yeah. So, you know, in hindsight, I probably would have done some things differently, but uh, I'm not, I, you know, there's no regrets. My kids turned out to be, uh, you know, compassionate and caring and, and beautiful individuals. Yeah. And um, I, I also read how your son was, you know, crewing you at, um, at Western States and he did such an awesome job. Which was not what I expected. <laughs> You know, he's a funny kid. I mean, you know, he, he complains uh, about his college roommates being so sloppy. And every time I look in his room, it looks like a, you know, a Tasmanian devil just went through there. It's just a mess. I'm like, <laughs> so, you know, he didn't take, he seemed to have taken crewing for me very seriously. And I, I said, Nicholas, you know, this is an important thing. He's like, oh yeah, I got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I was very concerned that, you know, he was, was going to let things, um, you know, fall through the cracks, but he was incredibly responsible, which, which showed me a new side of him I'd never seen. Yeah, and that would have been awesome. Um, you're also very honest about how tough racing can be, and everyone seems to think that those up front have it easier, you know. Can you uh, dispel that myth for the listeners? 
yeah, I mean, I think that um, there's magic and misery and, and everyone <laughs> experiences that magic. I don't care if you're, you know, winning the race or at the back of the pack. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's empowering to people to learn that someone they think that can run forever and, you know, just breezes through every race uh, suffers and has difficult races just like they do. So, you know, I, I've, I tried to pick some races that I talk about in the race that were not necessarily good races because I think those make better stories. You know, a good race, you have the race and you don't learn too much. You know, you have some champagne at the finish. A bad race, you tend to reflect and you look yeah. internally and, you know, see what you're made of. So, so what's some lessons you've learned from, from racing? Uh, <laughs> that no matter how bad things can be, they can get better. You know, we've all, uh, you know, had that quote unquote, come to Jesus moment where we thought, <laughs> this is, yeah, I'm done. Like, there's no way I'm going to keep going. And somehow, you know, either yourself or someone else talked you into continuing and you somehow make it to the finish and you just proved to yourself that you're, you're better than you thought you were and you can go further than you thought you could. Yeah. Yeah. You also talked in the book about how it really, um, doing this sort of running really helps you to learn about yourself. Uh, can you explain a bit more about that? Yeah, you know, there's a few other sports hold a mirror up to you the way running does. You know, you're, you're, you're forced to face your limitations with running yeah. and your shortcomings. And, you know, there's no faking it. Um, you know, if you have a time goal, say, you know, sub four or sub three hour marathon uh, and you don't make it, you know, you have no one to blame but yourself. Mm -hmm. So running is a, is a way of cutting through the BS <laughs> and, and giving yeah. you a really honest look at yourself. You know, there's, there's a quote in there that says, you know, uh, running a marathon or running an ultra marathon, it builds character, but it also reveals character. Yeah, yes, very much so. And, and, and you can see that too with people going through aid stations as well. I guess you've noticed that too. Yeah, it's like getting drunk with someone. There's, <laughs> there can be a really beautiful side of them you've never seen, a really ugly side of them. <laughs> I, I like that analogy. That, that's very true. <laughs> now, um, one of my coaching clients wanted to ask a question. Adrian says that he's a huge fan of, I think the name's pronounced Michelle Graglia, I'm not really sure, um, who after reading your first book, um, changed his life and became a runner. And then nine years later, he won Badwater and many other races. Adrian wants to know, you know, how does it feel to know that people's lives have completely changed because of you and, and your what you've written and, and how your, your journey and, and how you feel about inspiring others and, and what still drives you to, to continue with this? Uh, you know, I'll never get used to or take for granted the fact that I've inspired other people. I, I you know, I, I still can't get my head around that one. I mean, people come up yeah. to me I and mean, even, you know, this past weekend I was at a race and people come up to me and say, you know, God, you, you've changed my life. And I don't know how to respond. I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's somewhat of an obligation because, you know, I, I've, I've got to uphold the man I am, which thankfully I, I do to the best of my ability. But I just try to lead by example. And I think that people find that empowering more than anything else. I mean, they read my book and they thought, wow, if this guy who's just kind of an average guy can go do these things, mm. maybe I can try it. And Michael, you know, who you just described, he, he's done those things. He read my story and he changed his life. And to me, it's it's. It, you know, people say I inspire them, but the true story is they inspire me just as much. Yeah, yeah. And um, when you wrote Ultramarathon Man, were you 
you know, surprised by the reaction? Like, what were you expecting? <laughs> you know, I just wanted to write a book. It was like a, a life list kind of thing to do is yeah. write a book, like a, like a bucket list item. You know, I wanted to try sky. I wanted to jump out of an airplane. I wanted to swim with sharks and I wanted to write a book. And so I wrote the book and I thought, you know, if five of my buddies buy this, I'll be lucky. And it was, you know, an instant New York Times bestseller. I, yeah. I, I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe it. But um, it just said to me, there's there's power in what we do as, as runners and ultra marathoners. I mean, there, it holds a lot of power for people and inspires a lot of people. So many messages I get are from non-runners that have read that book or my oh, recent really? book that they thought it was fantastic. And I, I, what we do appeals to people. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that non-runners, yeah, we're getting so much out of it too. Like, that's awesome. Um, another one of my clients, Jane, wants to know, what's your secret to longevity? Um, and how long do you hope to keep running for? Well, you just kind of said that into your 80s or more. But how do you stay injury-free? Because you have had no major injuries, as you said in the book. Yeah, I do a lot of cross-training. So, mm. you know, one thing I never do is something you're doing right now. I never sit down. You can see I'm standing. I'm standing yeah, up right now. Right. <laughs> bouncing. I mean, I'm barefoot. I'm bouncing on my toes and you know stretching yeah. my calves. Uh, so I never sit down. What about when to, you're writing your book? You don't sit down then. You stand for that whole. Stand. Yep. Wow. I have a standing desk. All my emails, everything, standing up. And I also have a pull-up bar in my office and a sit-up mat. So I do throughout the course of the day. I do uh, hit training. So it's about a 12 to 14 minute routine of push-ups. Uh, pull-ups, uh, chair dips, and burpees. <laughs> so I'm doing, you know, uh, bodyweight exercises constantly throughout the day. Okay. As well as, you know, I've optimized my diet. I've learned the, you know, which foods to eat, which foods leave me feeling energetic, and what foods leave me feeling lethargic. And I've, you know, eliminated those foods. So my diet's very optimized for uh, longevity. I've worked on optimizing my sleep quality. You know, these are things that we talk about, but not a lot of people put a lot of effort into really optimizing their sleep quality. So I, I think, you know, I look at myself as trying to be the best animal I can be. It's not just one thing I do, but all of those things, I hope, you know, will let me keep running until my 70s and 80s. And what other cross training do you do other than sort of body weight exercises? Uh, I love to, to surf. I love yeah. to mountain bike, uh, rock climb, oh. uh, mostly outdoor sports, you yeah. know, yeah. So about how many Ks a week would you run or miles or hours, however you um, measure it? Yeah, it really, I mean, I have no standard week. I mean, some weeks it's 100K, uh, other weeks it might be 200K. Oh. So a lot, if I've got a training block, it's, it's you know, around 200K. And so you would uh, still find time to cross train within that? That's because I'm, do, I'm doing five or six, you know, reps throughout, throughout the course of the day. It's not like I'm just saying, okay, I've got one hour to cross train. I mean, I'm cross training for maybe an hour, hour and a half a day, but it's just spread out throughout the, throughout yeah. the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, definitely a testament to that. And in, in, in the book, you also spoke about um, yoga. You do some yoga too. Yeah. I used to do a lot of yoga because I was going to a studio, you know, the hot yoga. Yeah. yeah that's yoga. what I do. Yeah. But, you know, with COVID, you know, you, yeah. you, I don't know, have you kept it up during COVID yourself? Uh, I tried to do it online, but I think I did it once. <laughs> and um, <laughs> our studio is open again. So I've, I've been back, you know, but it's, geez, you lose it quick. Oh, really? You, you notice your flexibility is not what oh. it used to be? Yeah. <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs>
Yeah. So, but yes, it is hard with um with COVID. And 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 speaking of COVID, how have you coped? I, you know, running has saved me. I've got to be honest. You know, we we talk about running as therapy, and those were kind of hollow words before COVID mm. because I just took it for granted. But you know, my life just came to a screeching halt in that. You know, I was, I, we talked about my, my travel schedule. I mean, I was on the road sometimes 250 days a year. So I was going to events almost every weekend and, wow. you know, all of the events got canceled. So no book, book signings, no fun runs, you know, all the things that we runners love to do uh, just came to an end. And I was, you know, faced to just sit in my house by myself. And it was, it was, it was, tes it tested me <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah no, not, definitely. Not I mean, well, yeah. So I love being by myself, but yeah, but not there's a limit, the isn't there? Yeah. Not all the time, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I I'm not a hermit. I'm, a, I'm an introvert, not a hermit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and surprisingly, I mean, like you talked about, I mean, ultra running, a lot of it is, it's, it's in, yes, you run on your own, but it's still a sort of a team event when you're when you're racing and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of camaraderie when you're racing, and that is for sure. I mean, I also enjoy just, you know, running by myself just for, you know, eight or ten hours on a trail somewhere uh, alone. But I, you know, I balance that with going to competitions and, you know, yeah. being immersed in, you know, the, the cheering people when you, uh, when you come into aid stations and, and, you know, that element I miss tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you're, as, as people know, you have your Greek heritage and um, you did Spartathlon. How, how was that? <laughs> it was, it was horrible and fantastic at the same time. You know, it's 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 all on the road, so it's 246 yeah. kilometers, or most of it's on the road, and you know it follows the ancient uh, path of Pheidippides or Pheidippides, the original marathoner. So it's glorious in that regard. Uh, but you know, there's traffic, there's pollution along the way. Uh, you know, those are all the things, the industrial things that you know I hate. Uh, yeah. But then when you get out, you know, into the country, it's it's quite amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Have you, heard... day, have you done the Spartathlon? No, 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 I haven't. Yeah, I haven't done many of those sort of long road ones. Yeah, the and road is got... tough. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got quite tight um, cutoffs early on, doesn't it? It does. You have to be at uh, mile, uh, well, kilometer about 78 uh, in, in nine and a half hours. Wow. is a cutoff and it's it's a tough it's a tough 78 k's i mean it's you know it's hot it's kind of hilly kind of rolling hills and then when you get there you're kind of fried and you think now i have you know 103 more miles to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that, 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 yeah that's tough and when you spoke about the dolomites have you done tour de Giant? is that what you the one that you've done over there actually i did the i did hut to hut and this was back probably 20 years ago, everybody okay. you know, ran to the huts. We were the only runners back then. Everyone else was hiking. They thought we were crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a beautiful spot too. So have you got any races coming up? Uh, you know, it's funny you ask or say that because uh, I'm supposed to actually travel to Australia in August. Oh. What for? To do a, a race with, do you know Pat Farmer? Yeah. Yeah, so he's organizing a, a four-person team race, a relay race with four Aussies and four Americans. Oh. And to uh, start it. Oh, it's going to be Australia versus US, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's oh. the idea. But you know, it's, it's also about camaraderie. I think it's yeah, less yeah. about, you know, we don't need, like competition, it just seems kind of inappropriate right now. It's more about yeah, you know, yeah. helping each other out. But 
That's the plan. We're supposed to go from Broken Hill to Byron Bay. Ah, and how many kilometers is that? It's 1,600 kilometers. Holy moly. And are you doing that in stage, like each day a certain distance, or are you just running nonstop? No, it's uh, 10 days, and we're going to cover 160 kilometers a day. So about 100 miles a day is the plan. Wow. That's a, a lot. How are you going to look after yourself to be able to do that? <laughs> you know, Pat put it all together, and, you know, he, he's a good marketer. And it's, you know, it's 1,000 <laughs> miles. It, it's 1,000 miles. And he wanted to call it 1,000 miles to light. Kind of, kind of we're crawling out of, you know, the darkness yeah. into the light. But it's also, you know, we, it ends at, we're going to touch Byron Bay Lighthouse. That's the finish ah, line. Ah, nice. The lighthouse. And and I started thinking about it saying, well, in 10 days, <laughs> you know, if we're going to sleep at all, we're going to have to run really fast so that yeah. we're not just running the whole time. And he just, he didn't, I don't think he thought it through very well. <laughs> <laughs> and we're being, uh, we're being supported by the Australian military. So they're going to oh, set up. Really? Yeah, 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 like a, a makeshift you know, uh, camp every night for us and they're going to cook for us. So hopefully that'll take, you know, it'll be easier. We'll just run in and kind of eat and go to sleep, but it's, there's not going to be a lot else to do besides run and no. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That sounds amazing. I can't wait to follow on. What, what are the dates? I think you said August, but what are the actual dates? Uh, it starts on the 13th of August and finishes on the 23rd. And there's awesome. actually a All website. Right. There's a website. Oh, a thousand, it's a thousand miles to light.com. Yeah. Okay. All right. We should, I shall put that in the show notes and look it up myself, to be honest. <laughs> that sounds really I, interesting. You know, we, we got, we got all of the uh, U S team. We got special visas by the Australian government. <gasps> cool. So we Excellent. But now there's, you know, there's a new round of lockdowns in Sydney. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of concerned about that. I don't know if you heard about what's going on oh. in Sydney. Yeah. Well, so you know. um, be honest uh just about every state in in australia is locked down at the moment under some sort of restrictions so it's yeah but um let's hope by august because certainly i'm planning to be in queensland around that time racing myself so let's hope by august that things have you know calmed down a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah and um so if you were to give um some advice to uh, a runner beginning ultra running what what sort of advice would you would you give to them uh, invest in a good pair of shoes <laughs> yeah i mean you know footwear as you know footwear technology has advanced so much in the past yeah. you know 3 years so you know like hokas have just changed everything it's made it so much less painful to run yeah. and so i would say go to a you know your local running store and have them fit you for some good shoes. And, and it's going to be expensive, but it's really worth the investment. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And what about to, to the older runners out there who are, you know, getting demoralized with the slowing times or who just feel that, you know, oh, I'm too old for this, you know, what, what do you say to that sort of, to that sort of thought process? It just, you know, I use a technique called forward projection. So kind of project how much better you'll feel after you do your run than you currently feel and, and use that, you know, that, that projected feeling to motivate you. Uh, you know, getting older, <laughs> let's face it, it sucks in a lot of ways, yeah. but it also presents new challenges. So, you know, something I've been doing a lot of is uh, speed work and yeah. it's, it's horrible. You know, I'm doing a lot more <laughs> speed work. It's shorter bursts. But it's a new challenge. So, you know, mix it up, try new challenges. If you're not a trail runner, 
try running on a trail. Yeah. So did you not used to do speed work? Not the way I'm doing it now. Like I, I'm doing like pretty intense tempo work, you know, with like four or five miles, but uh, no, only nose breathing and, you know, getting, oh. my heart rate, getting my heart rate over 200, which is pretty high. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's super high for how long? Uh, well, I, like I'm finishing full... like a five mile race with an average heart rate of about 188 to, you know, 189, you know, with and a I... peak of about over 200. But I thought, you know, you know, I always figured as you got older, your heart rate would be a bit lower. Like, it, well, it, it's <laughs> supposed to. I mean, the, you know, the, the rule of thumb is 220 yeah. minus, minus your age. age. So, I mean, theoretically, I should be dead, but uh, I just that's how hard I'm pushing. That's awesome. I bet you feel great after that, though. Oh, it, it's the best runner's high ever. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. horrible when you're doing it. I mean, it is just, you feel like, I, I see stars. Like, I feel like I'm going to black out. But yeah. if you can push through it, it's, it's quite amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to have a coach many years ago who said, if you weren't puking at the end of your speed work, then you weren't doing it right. <laughs> I never puked, so clearly I didn't do it right. <laughs> um, and so after, um, just back to what, what you're doing next. So you've, you've got this Australia um, run coming up, and then I presume you'll need some recovery time. And, and do you have anything planned after that? Yeah, I mean, right on the back of that, I'm supposed to go to Greece to run uh, 10 marathons in 10 days in Greece to celebrate the bicentennial of Greek independence. So how long after? Like a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no recovery. <laughs> I, think what you, I think what you're learning about me is I have a hard time saying no. Yeah, <laughs> like I, no, I say no. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. I think my picture's frozen, but I am still here. Um yeah um wow that's that's a lot how what do you do for recovery uh you know i believe in active recovery mm -hmm. so after a big event i i run the next day i mean even after a, you know like a hundred miler uh the next day i'm gonna i'm gonna move i'm gonna run maybe wow. you know three or four kilometers i'm not just gonna sit idle so i think you know i i shouldn't even call it running i mean it's more like just you know hobbling yeah. <laughs> just shuffling along but i think that active recovery is such a better thing to do than just sit on a couch yeah yeah no i agree so you don't take really any time off from running after you've had a, an event no i really don't i mean i it obviously the volume and the intensity is way less but i, I really mm. i don't yeah and that's amazing that you can stay uninjured like i i've always felt that i yeah need some time off but you must be, yeah, all that body work, uh, body weight work must make you very robust. Yeah, I find if I just, if I'm just idle, I, it takes me longer to recover. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's fair enough. Um, all I right. A, and, yeah. And, you know, I, as the, the audio, I presume, is working pretty well. Your, uh, your screen is frozen. Yeah, my screen's frozen, but I can see you and, and I can hear you. So if you just ignore the ridiculous face there, um, <laughs> then, then we're all fine. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I don't know how to stop that, basically. Um, so your book um, is coming out in Australia. Do you know the exact date? Uh, July 1st or 1st of July. July 1st. So, yeah, right around the corner. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's like like a day away really so i can highly recommend the book um 
from the perspective of a runner, but also just like you said, it's a it's a really good read and um it's written very well. Like it's not just it's not just for runners. Like I think anyone could enjoy it, to be honest. Uh, well, I appreciate that. I mean, this this book, I've actually gotten some, you know, some pretty uh notable literary uh kudos on this book. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, yeah, like some of the more bookish sort of um reviewers have given it really high marks. Which makes yeah. me proud because you know writing to me is like running it's one percent inspiration 99 percent perspiration yeah. so it's it's tough work yeah yeah well i i just find um the way you describe things is really um well done because i could really see it in my mind so yeah that's the well done to you and a picture with words yeah 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 exactly and and you certainly achieved that so what I'll do is I'll put a link to where people can get that. I'll also put a link to um, your run in Australia so people can can look that up because that would be great. And I presume as the run is going, you'll have updates for that. Daily updates, yep. Excellent, excellent. All righty. Well, um, thank you so much for, for joining us today. We've really appreciated your chat. Yeah, no, thank you. And, uh, you know, thank you to your listeners. I, um, I I don't know if you know, but I used to live in Australia. Yeah, I saw that. When when was that? I lived in Sydney in 1980 to 1981 when I was in high school. Oh, was, okay. Yeah, and I've, I've been back to Australia, you know, many, many times. And I still have a lot of mates in Australia from, from school and, and yeah. uh, from running as well. as. So uh, part of my heart is in Australia and I can't wait to get back. Yeah, well, we'd love to see you back. Was that um, as part of an exchange as a student or your parents working here? No, I was uh, on my own. I uh, exchanged as a student and I lived in, uh, like I said, in Sydney for over a year by myself. And I was 15 yeah. and it was the best wow. year of my life. It was, yeah. it was so much fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah, Noah, we'll, we'd love to have you back and we can't wait to see you um, running here. That'll be really excellent. Yeah, and, and uh, hopefully... you know, I, live, I live in uh, California, so maybe I'll start swimming right now and I can get there in time for the race. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably need to the way things are going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, thanks so much. And um, we'll speak to you soon. Maybe we can catch up after your, your big run here. And enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. I loved chatting with Dean, although to be perfectly honest, I was a bit nervous beforehand. Um, I hope you can't tell. It's amazing that he has never been injured, and this is certainly a testament to his cross-training and healthy lifestyle, although I don't think I could be as strict as him. I do love the odd treat. Have a great week of running and training and have fun out on the roads and trails. Till next time.